So Daniel chapter two verse Daniel chapter ten verses two through nine. In those days, I Daniel was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river that is the Tigris. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sounds of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of His words, and I heard the sound of His words. I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. Let's pray together. God, we uh, we thank You for uh, this time to open Your Word together. And Holy Spirit, we invite You to open our eyes to what reality truly is, what life truly is, that around us there is a world that we cannot see. Uh, that is so much greater, so much sweeter, so much better than anything we can imagine while we live in this flesh and blood body. Uh, and, uh, and so God, we ask You to give us a glimpse of Your glory and Your power and Your authority and Your strength today as You gave to Daniel, God. A glimpse of Your glory that changes our reality, that we can no longer live the same, think the same, be the same because of our experience with You. Open our eyes today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And if you follow along in our sermon notes today, uh, the, the blanks that you fill in will, uh, will be highlighted on the screen unless you come up with something better. and You're welcome to fill it in. Um, but I, I thought about as we study, as, as I was praying about this passage and meditating on this passage, just the thought of reality for Daniel changed as he experienced this terrifying vision of, of this man. And he heard these words. Uh, and he experienced this angel and, uh, and what a lot of scholars believe to be the words of, of the pre incarnate Christ speaking to him and, um, and how, it, how it must have changed him. He, uh, he was in a period of, of deep mourning. We talked about last week the great conflict that he saw in, 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 the, in the vision and, and how it, it, you know, it changed him and transformed him and, uh, and how that continues in chapter 10. Uh, and I just thought about reality. For the psalmist in Psalm 1611, reality uh, was that in life, you know, God is found, right? God is found. Uh, God, in, in God, life is found. I'm going to get that out eventually. In God, life is found. Uh, in God, in the presence of God, fullness of joy is found. 
in the right hand of God are pleasures forevermore. And, and I want you to think about what you view as reality. Because if we're not careful, God's not a part of that reality. For many people, uh, even people that go to church, their reality is not really the presence, the power of God. A God so powerful, so mighty, uh, that we ought to fall on our face in, in worship of Him isn't really a reality. For some people that often go to church, God's the reality is just, I just get through this hour. And then I go on to my reality. This is just a place where I come and check my box and get through it. But my reality's out there somewhere in, in the workplace or among my friends or wherever else. And, uh, and that's where we've got to be careful. Is your reality found in God? Is your, your true life, your essence found in God? Uh, is your fullness of joy really, truly found in God? Do you believe with all your heart that in God there are pleasures forevermore? I believe Daniel found that in God. In captivity, he was in old age at this time. And, in, and, and he was a, a person that could mourn for three weeks and not eat any delicacies. He didn't eat any meat. I'm like, how did you do it, Daniel? He didn't eat any meat for three weeks. He didn't, you know, didn't do anything to his body to make his appearance better. Or didn't do anything to feel better. He was, he was because he knew that God was so much sweeter. He knew that life in God, knowing God, being close to God, was was true joy. Was was true life. He he had put his hope in the pleasures of God that were forever more. And I want to challenge you by that example of Daniel. He, he also did it when he was young. In, in Daniel chapter 1, in the beginning of the, de- of, of, of the captivity, when he was just a boy in a lot of ways, and he said, I don't, I don't want the king, I don't want the, the, the meat, I don't want that stuff. We're going to eat, you know, we're not going to eat what everybody else is doing. We're going to do what God wants us to do. And, and even as a young man, he took that stand. And so I challenge you today. Is your reality found in God? Genuinely, truly. If it's not, you're missing out. You're running from reality by pursuing ungodly presence. You're filling your life with people that don't care about God. They care about whatever else more than they care about God. And so that's an ungodly presence in your life, anybody that's drawing you away from God, that's pursuing ungodly joys and ungodly pleasures that won't last. There's this great quote from C.S. Lewis. He wrote in The Weight of Glory, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. 
We are far too easily pleased. Throughout Daniel's life, he chose to find his reality in the promises, in the presence of God, instead of the presence and indulgences of the rulers he served. He always worked his way to the top. God always brought him to the top. And in every instance, he chose God over whatever gifts they might have tried to give him, whatever indulgences they wanted to, uh, to, to pour upon his life. He chose God above everything else. That's what got him thrown in the lion's den, was that he chose his prayer life uh, over, over the, the rules that the king had made up. And many of the other Israelites in that time period, and we studied last Sunday night in, in the book of Esther. God's not even mentioned in the book of Esther, the name God. The people in the book of Esther, uh, God works it out for them, and God's obviously behind the scenes, but we don't see any hunger for Jerusalem or for God or for things to return to normal. Uh, they had settled into a foreign land. A land that worshiped false gods, and their reality became that. That they just did what everybody else was doing and seemed, as far as we can tell, to be pretty content with with what they were doing, with what who they were, without the temple, without the sacrifices, without all those different things. But Daniel never settled for that. He never settled for that kind of reality. Even after decades, eight decades in captivity, he was still seeking God every day. He was mourning. He was fasting. He was praying for God's people. And we see that in verse 10. Many of the Israelites, they settled. But Daniel remained faithful. And he pursued God for decades and because of that faithfulness to God, because of decades of faithfulness to God, he was used by God. He received these visions from God. And his relationship with God grew sweeter and sweeter. And you see that vision he receives. And it's amazing to think about receiving a vision like that from God and how it would shake you and what you would experience in the midst of that. And, uh, and that's what he experienced as he pursued God all those times. But too often as Christians, we promote momentary decisions. Come forward, get baptized, and then just go about to your regular old reality. That should never be what we promote. We should be promoting lifetime of faithfulness, decades of decisions to remain faithful to the one true God. That's what we see in Daniel. That's the true life of the Holy Spirit. Decades of decisions, daily decisions to remain faithful to God. And so for Daniel, the presence and the promises of God were so sweet, he was willing to stay alone, to stand alone. To be faithful while everyone else ran and hid. When he sees that great vision, there's things happening, there's things going on, but the people that are with him don't understand it and they run. They get out of there. They can't be in that. You probably met people like that. You start talking about Jesus, you start talking about the Bible. Ah, see you later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the exit. I don't want to be in that kind of presence. 
And, uh, and that's what happened is he experienced God and, and as these visions were given to him and you know this great trembling fell upon them, what would that be like? This great trembling and they fled and they hid. They hid. Uh, and Daniel was left alone in verse 8. And he saw this great vision and, and no presence, you know, and, and no, no strength was left in him. He says, my radiant appearance was fearfully changed like the he, he was white as a ghost and uh and, and there, there was no strength left in him and so you know he he alone sees this vision and uh and, and it's just amazing to think about that the presence and the promises of god were so sweet that he was willing to do that he was willing to stand alone for god and we see that all throughout his life and so I want to ask you and challenge you to think about that today. Are, are the promises in the presence of God so sweet in your life that you're willing to stand alone for Him? Whatever He's calling you to do, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be mockers. There's always going to be people that can only see you for what you've done in the past or what they think you are. And are you willing to say, I don't care what you think. I'm going to stand for the Lord. I'm going to go where God is calling me to go. I'm going to be what God is calling me to be. I'm going to see what God is calling me to see. I'm going to be faithful to Him. No matter what other people are doing, while they're running and hiding from the reality of the one true God that we find in Scripture, the reality of His truth, who He created us to be, what He created us to do, what He says to do with our lives, what is right, what is wrong, what is holy, what is unholy. When people are running from that reality and saying, oh, I'm, I've, I've got my own truth or my own reality, are we going to stand firm to say, you're deceived. Reality is found in Christ. Reality is found in the Scripture alone. Life is found in God. Fullness of joy is found in God. Eternal pleasures are found in God. Is that true for you? If it's not, you're running from what's real. And you're choosing something false, something that cannot save you in the end when it matters most. You're living in a lion's den. And one of these days, they're going to get you, right? Reality's going to get you unless you're protected, unless you're saved by the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. While others run and hide from reality of the one true God found in Scripture, are you standing by His side? Because in Him, life is found. Fullness of joy is found. Eternal pleasures are found in Him. We talked about this verse, but in Acts 26.18, Paul prays to, to open their eyes. His commission, his calling was to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me, Jesus told Paul. His commission, His challenge. 
Are your eyes open to the reality of God in Jesus Christ? Do you realize that God is as real as your right hand, is as real as the pew you're sitting on? And will you turn to Him today from the darkness that you're believing in to the light, the glorious light of Jesus Christ? Will you repent of your sin today and turn from the power of Satan to the power of God that you may receive forgiveness of sin? Which is a wonderful thing. And that you may have a place among those who are sanctified. That means you're made right with God. You're clean. You're holy in God's sight. He sees no more of your sin. And every day you are being made holy in Christ by faith in Jesus Christ. We challenge you today as we close, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to start talking to Him today. That's what a prayer of salvation is. Is He becomes real for you. I remember in my life when I was lost, I was living in darkness, I was living under the power of Satan, and I didn't know. The only prayer I knew to pray was, Jesus, help me. I'm sick of this life I'm living. I'm sick of this sin in my life that I keep doing. Save me. Help me. And that's what I started to pray. And then, step by step, God began to put people in my life who challenged me with the Gospel. And my eyes were opened and I was alone just reading the Bible on my own. And as I was reading the Gospels, it was just like, a light came on. Jesus is real. This is real. He really did this. He died for me. He, he you know, it was like, wow. Amen. You know, and, and so that's what we're praying that that, that that light would come on for you today and that you would begin to start to talk to Jesus Christ. You can say, I, could, I can get you to repeat a prayer with me and maybe God uses that in a special way. But most importantly, you've got to say your own prayer. Repent of your own sin in a real way. Talk to God and say, Lord, open my eyes. I'm sick of the darkness. I'm sick of the sin. I'm sick of the fake reality that I'm living. And I want real life in you. And you begin to ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior today. As we close in this time of invitation, that's what we're encouraging you to do. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Make a lifelong decision today. Not a momentary thing that won't last. But from this day forward, Lord Jesus, You're my Lord. You're my Savior. Your truth is the only truth in my life. And give your life to the Lord today. And make a covenant with Him. From this day forward, God, You're my number one. No God will come before You. No person will come before You. No president or king will come before You. God, You are my number one. And I believe, Jesus, You died on the cross to save me from my sin. And I believe You raised from the dead. And today, all of my life is given to You. Give your life to the Lord today. Don't run from reality. If you're a believer and you're sinking back, you're settling into this culture, you're settling into your surroundings, let the Lord reveal Himself to you. Shake you awake. You need that sometimes. 
You need the Holy Spirit to grab you by the collar and say, wake up, what are you doing with your life? There's, there's God is, is alive and well. Wake up and live for Him. Be passionate for the Lord. You might need that today. You might need that awakening. Because we never know when the Lord is going to return. I hope it's today. Or you never know when you might go to be with the Lord. And it might be today. Wake up to Him, believer. Live for Him. Live like Daniel lived. He didn't settle in. He didn't decide that he had done enough. He kept living for the Lord to the end of his life. Let's pray together. God, we thank You so much for Your powerful Word. I thank You that I stand on Your Word today. Not on anything I can say or do. And God, I ask that Your truth would wake us up today. If there are those that are lost today, who've made a momentary decision, but not a decades of decisions, it was just uh, wake them up today, God. Show them that they need to be saved today. Help them to pray that prayer to enter into Your presence, to be Yours, to repent of their sin, and that the darkness would become light for them today. God, You know who you're, whose heart You're working in today and drawing to salvation, and I pray that they would turn to You with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. And God, call them to make that decision public. And uh, as we close today, help believers, help us to be awakened to Your truth, God. Help us to wake up and realize that we need to live for You every single day. We need to present You as reality and stand for Your truth every day, God, because there's a spiritual battle being fought. There are angels all around us. And, uh, and help, thank You that Daniel reminds us of that reality today. So as we close, God, move in a way that only You can, in a way that only You can get the credit for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.